Hello and welcome to the HPP Podcast. This is your host, Arden Castle, and each week we explore a new topic related to the Health Promotion Practice Journal. Whether it's demystifying publishing, breaking down a new article, or discussing public health-related topics with other editorial board members, we hope you enjoy each week's exploration into health promotion practice. Today, I'm joined by Leo Katari, Virginia Visconti, and Danny Britton, Associate Editors for Practice Notes. They're going to help us explore practice notes in general, the departments, and a special call that we have for Pride this year. But before we get started, I'm going to ask them to introduce themselves and have them share where they're calling in from. And so, Virginia, will you get us started? Absolutely. Hi, all. I'm Virginia Visconti. I'm a faculty member in the Department of Community and Behavioral Health at the Colorado School of Public Health. And I'm trained as a social cultural anthropologist and educator. So I have a background in ethnographic research, community-based participatory research, collective impact coordination, higher ed service learning, and community campus partnership building in diverse settings. And today I'm calling in from Parker, Colorado in the U.S., Awesome. And Danny, will you go ahead and introduce yourself as well? Hi, everybody. I'm Danny Britton. I'm a professor and associate dean for academic and student affairs in the Colorado School of Public Health. And throughout my career, I've focused on looking at factors that keep marginalized groups of women, including lesbian women, gay men as well, actually, and bisexual and transgender folks on what keeps them from being physically active, and then working to create theoretically driven interventions to improve participation in physical activity. I'm actually located in Boulder, Colorado with you today. So thanks for being here. Excellent. We've got our two Coloridians and Leo, will you introduce yourself? Hi everyone. I'm Leo Batari. I use he and they pronouns. I am a PhD candidate at Michigan State University in social work, and my research focus is on trans and gender diverse related civic engagement and activism. And also I do a lot around LGBTQ plus health and wellness. And I was a public health practitioner and community organizer in Colorado. And so I'm with my people right now, and that's really exciting. But I come to you from Ypsilanti, Michigan today. Excellent. And it is a pleasure to have you all here. And so we're going to kind of just jump right in. So Health promotion practice has a new call for papers for one of its departments, and these departments are a special place for papers. They're a little bit different from the regular research articles. And so this call is for practice notes. But once again, I feel like these departments can be a little bit misunderstood. So Virginia, will you help us understand what the departments are and what practice notes are? Sure thing. So practice notes is one of three departments within health promotion practice, and we have two others, career development, and resources, frameworks, and perspectives. And practice notes is unique. It's designed to really elevate the voice of practitioners and provide readers with reflections on emerging innovations in practice-related strategies, initiatives, programs, all of these kinds of work that are important for health education and health promotion. So we have submissions that highlight lessons learned, the challenges and successes that folks have experienced, and really importantly, practical recommendations for working collaboratively in community and classroom settings. And so we're looking for, you know, fairly short submissions of about a thousand words, 
no more than five references, one table, figure, or image. We have a 250-word abstract, six to 10 keywords. And often manuscripts will have headings like this, the assessment of need, a description of the strategy or the intervention, the intended outcomes, impacts, how the work was evaluated, challenges and successes that folks encountered, next steps, lessons learned, and implications for practice. But the manuscripts are not bound to that particular organization. There's a lot of room to be creative and innovative with these submissions. And we're really excited when these are co-authored by all the partners who have taken part in the work. So we have community campus partners working together and the co-generation of that knowledge and the presentation of that knowledge is really, really important to us. And I would just add, too, that when I think about the essence of practice notes, I liken it to um, Ernest Boyer's notion of the scholarship of application and the kinds of questions that he associates with it. So I'm just going to spell those out. You know, how can knowledge be responsibly applied to consequential problems? How can it be helpful to individuals as well as institutions? And can social problems themselves define an agenda for scholarly investigation? So for me, Practice notes is really a scholarship of getting it done. And I think that requires fearlessness. And I've always been drawn to fearless practitioners. And that's why I enjoy working with Danny and Leo so much and why I'm so proud of what we've published to date and why I'm so excited about our new call for submissions, which Danny and Leo are going to say more about. I love that comment about fearlessness and this idea that practice notes are this space for the so what of the research that we do. And it's just this little bite out of this whole project, but it's something practical and something that we can all learn from and that we want to share this knowledge because we talk a little bit about, you know, the ivory tower of scholarship. And yet this is just another way that we can seep that knowledge right back into our communities, as well as, as you said, have their names on these papers because they're the ones doing that work. So I think that's fantastic. And so thank you, Virginia, for helping us clarify what that space is. And I want to dig a little bit deeper again. And now that we have a better idea of the space that's departments and specifically practice notes. Why is practice notes the perfect place for this call, Danny? Great question, Arden. So practice notes is perfect because we want to know what's happening in the community. It starts there. And to really reach out and hear from the folks that have the boots on the ground in the community is essential to our work in public health and health promotion. So this call is essential to understanding what's happening in our country today regarding LGBTQIA2S+. And what's kind of cool is that you know, we're going to be opening up and having open access for a number of different submissions that have already been published. And during the month of June, our Pride edition, this is when you'll see the open access to these practice notes examples. And so I just wanted to give a kind of a short overview of some of those submissions that have already been published because they're just wonderful. They're important work that's being done in the community. And again, that's what we try to do with practice notes is make sure that those folks who are out there in the community, their voices are being heard and we're hearing about the innovative and new things that are happening. So for Example, there is a team at the University of Florida that's focusing on what's called Theater Connect. And this particular 
submission is focusing on the University of Florida Center for Arts and Medicine. And they actually offered an after-school theater program for LGBTQ plus youth. And that was in partnership with clinicians from the University of Florida Health's Youth Gender Clinic and faculty in mental health counseling training programs which is actually located in the College of Education. So in this particular program, theater practitioners lead the program in partnership with mental health professionals who participate in session and are on call for participants. So they've developed a set of guidelines, which I think is incredibly important for organizations who are really trying to incorporate youth theater programs as well into local communities. But it's fascinating. And so you have the opportunity to go and read this particular publication because it's going to be open access during Pride. So another example out there in the practice notes that's been published is from a team, Janice Dumont and colleagues focusing on advancing trans affirming practice to recognize, account for and address the unique experiences and needs of transgender sexual assault survivors. So they focused on a strategy to advance trans affirming practice in the sexual assault context. And so they outlined the design and evaluation of a trans affirming care curriculum for forensic nurses. So they talk about the planning, the formation, the maturation of this intersectoral network and how they disseminate their curriculum to foster first collaboration and promote trans affirming practice across healthcare and social services. And this is actually work that they're doing in Ontario. So this approach is really important to advancing trans affirming practice and has the potential, as it talks about in this publication, to address those systematic or systemic barriers that are experienced by trans survivors. And of course, transform the response to sexual assault across other sectors. So another example is promoting awareness to counter damaging attitudes, beliefs, and reactions related to sexual assault against trans folks. And this is actually a social media campaign for health and social service providers. So it was developed and implemented in um, here, I'll give the hashtag, hashtag transformative knowledge. And this is the social media campaign to promote awareness among providers about these damaging attitudes, beliefs, and reactions that often impede trans survivors access to appropriate services. So they focused on consultation with trans community members and health and social service professionals and designed seven different posters for circulation on Twitter, each containing a representative quote, a key message, and an associated call to action. So this campaign was launched and it was tweeted out twice weekly, including a final summary post that was in June of 2021. But the campaign reached 100,000 Twitter users with almost 2000 engagements. And so what you can do is you can go read about this particular campaign, again, in the published practice notes, submissions that have been put online and published in health promotion practice. Excellent, thank you, Danny, for your summary of some of these articles that are available through practice notes. I think it's really cool to see that health promotion practice already has a body of knowledge that we're working with in terms of having our ear to the community for innovation and having an ongoing commitment to listening and growing. I think it's really exciting to see that we have that existing knowledge. And this call just goes further to say that there's still more to do and there's still more that we want to highlight and learn from, as you said, the boots on the ground, the actual community doing this work. And so 
to meet this need and to help us continue to grow. Leo, can you tell us about this actual call that HEP is putting out? Absolutely. I'm happy to tell you a little bit about more about this call. And so if you listen to Arden and I, our podcast earlier this month, we talked a little bit about our current political climate. And as you just heard, health promotion practice has been committed to addressing health disparities and health equity for over 20 years. And that's no different for LGBTQI, 2S plus communities and health disparities experienced within this community. And so we feel that it's super important now to really highlight the incredible work happening on the ground to address not just the health disparities, but really focus on the resourcefulness and resilience of our communities in addressing the discrimination, the bias and stigma that impact the overall health and wellness of the LGBTQ plus community. And so Practice Notes has our call for papers that we want to hear from folks on the ground around the work that you're doing. And so this includes, you know, what are the strategies around informing policy or advocacy that directly impacts LGBTQIA2S plus young people and young adults? Have you been involved in any kind of advocacy with policymakers trying to influence decision makers in that way? We want to know your stories. What's worked for you? What was it like? What are the lessons learned? Have you been part of any bills to improve health and wellness of LGBTQIA 2S plus children, youth, young adults, or even adults across the lifespan? There's lots of different big P policy, which are things that might happen in our state legislatures, but there's also what I call small P policy. So what do our state health departments do? What do our county health departments do? All those policies also impact our health and well-being. And so if you've been involved in any efforts around those, let us know, submit your practice notes paper manuscript on it, and we want to amplify what that work looks like. A few other kind of things that you can submit if you're involved in a program that's really focused on improving the health and wellness of LGBTQIA us plus children, youth, and young adults, or any kind of practical tools, lessons learned, reflections on doing this work on the ground, we want to hear from you. And that includes training and education. There's been a long history for many, many decades of folks on the ground doing these trainings. And we want to hear from you. What do trainings look like now? What do we need? What do these trainings lack? And how do we do training around LGBTQIA? 2S plus communities that focus on intersectionality, you know, that we're really acknowledging the impact of racism, sexism, genderism, ableism, ageism, all across the board. How do all these multiple marginalized identities, how does it all intersect and impact LGBTQIA2 plus communities? And what's your experience with that? How do we do better? What have we done and how do we do better? And that's really what the call is all about, is to really highlight what's already happening on the ground and to be able to show other folks on the ground that you too can be involved in this work. Excellent. What an exciting place to be in terms of responding to the political climate, knowing that there is advocacy happening and there are these practical tools that just need to be spread around so that we can better address the disparities that do exist in these communities. And I want to open the floor. I know, Virginia, in one of our planning calls, you were talking about how practice notes isn't just an academic exercise. It really is so important. And I want to offer a chance for you to talk a little bit more about why this space is so important for this call. Yeah, absolutely. And I so appreciate Danny's overview of the existing scholarship that's been curated and Leo's passionate, you know, rendering of the call for new manuscripts. I think there's a kind of urgency around so many of the issues at the heart of health promotion and health education. And practice notes is really that space 
that is nimble, that can respond to that urgency, that takes it really, really seriously by saying, first and foremost, we want to hear from people that are actually doing something about this, right? This isn't knowledge for knowledge's sake. This is knowledge in the pursuit of affecting really positive social change. So I feel like HPP overall, health promotion practice overall, is really pushing the boundaries of what can scholarship look like, what can scholarship can achieve, and who produces it. I think for a lot of the folks that we're trying to reach out to and encourage to share what they've been doing well, you know, what kinds of experiences they've learned from that have been really significant to them, is that they don't often see themselves as producers of scholarship. I think that seems to be the preserve, right, of something, someone in an academic setting. But, but scholarship comes in all forms, all sizes. And I think the recognition of that is something I take a lot of pride in with practice notes. I think it's a a marvelous opportunity to demonstrate relevance. I think it's a marvelous opportunity to lesson borrow. It's a marvelous opportunity to demonstrate how creative and as Leo said, how resilient people are. And we need to communicate that with one another because in the midst of doing the work, it's hard to kind of lift your head up out of it and say, I want to make sure other people know what I'm doing. And so again, I'm really pleased that practice notes places a premium on saying, we want to get the word out about what you're doing because others are going to learn from you and carry it forward. Absolutely. And I really like your comment about really redefining who can produce scholarship. And so in order to help demystify this call, because we're expecting folks you know, not everyone has a doctorate and not everyone is used to submitting manuscripts. So where will folks find this call for papers? How do they submit? How do they respond to it? How do they get their work to us? Well, what's great is that we are working with the editor of Health Promotion Practice, Kathleen Rowe, on having a very public and widely distributed pride edition. And so you will see tweets, you will see the information on the health promotion practice website. The author guidelines are available for submission to health promotion practice. And of course, one of our departmental main editors is Holly Matta. And Holly Matta is listed on our actual call to answer any questions related to this. But of course, all three of us, I'm sure, would be available to answer. But it will be widely disseminated. But for yourselves, you can also, again, go to health promotion practice and look at the author guidelines and see that practice notes is listed and that you can provide a submission. And we will certainly see that your submission is for this call. And I do want to add something to extend upon Virginia's comments and just really we're at an unprecedented time. The amount of anti-LGBTQIA2S plus legislation is unlike anything we've ever seen. And so I think that this is an opportunity to have your voice heard. And I'm so proud to be a part of health promotion practice who's providing this platform for voices to be heard. And so I encourage you, even if you think that, again, like Virginia said, you've not been down this path of publishing your work, this is the opportunity because we're here to hear what you have to say, learn about the great work that you're doing. And again, it's so important that right now uh, we have this platform for our voices to be heard. So just wanted to add that in there. Please don't hesitate to reach out to any of us, including Holly Matta, and we will work with you on how you submit and what does it mean to submit your piece to practice notes. 
I just want to chime in on Danny's words that we are here to support you through this process. And, you know, as someone who's gone from organizer to academic, I know how intimidating it is to go onto a journal's website and submit information. And so one, try your best not to be intimidated by the process because you are the expert. And really, ultimately, that's what we're trying to say here is that you're the expert. We want to learn from you. And so please reach out as if anything's unclear for you and any of us, including Holly, will respond graciously. And really, we want to support you in getting your information and your knowledge and your expertise out there. So don't let that fear of the academy um, really turn you away because we need to hear your voice. In fact, especially right now, as Danny was saying, we need to hear your voices in response to what's going on nationally. Absolutely. And thank you all so much for helping demystify the departments and practice notes and why this call is so important, especially in this time right now. So thank you all so much for your knowledge and your wisdom. And I'm excited to hear from new authors that are going to share their wisdom with us. And I think that that is just a joy. And I am looking forward to reading all of the new things that come in. So thank you all so much for your time. It has been a pleasure. Thank you as well. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the HPP podcast. If you enjoyed this content, let us know by tagging us or responding to our promotions on Twitter and LinkedIn. You can also find out more about the Health Promotion Practice Journal from Sage or Sophie's websites. All of these links can be found on the podcast website at anchor.fm forward slash health dash promotion dash practice. Take care and have a great day.